Hey guys, this is episode number seven of Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie Dellinger, and I'm so glad you're here because I have so much to tell you about. Not really. Actually, Sarah has so much to tell you about, and she's about to tell you, but as I introduce you to this episode, I just want to thank all of you guys for listening so far. I'm so, so happy to have seven episodes of this podcast, and I'm so grateful for all the recommendations, the fist bumps when I walk into the gym, people saying, hey, I love this episode, I learned so much, that person sounds so cool. That's the goal here. Like, I really want to create this little wellness community and connect people with similar interests to each other. And it could be health, it could be fitness, it could be wellness related, it could be entrepreneurship. I am all game for all of that. And if any of you have anyone or you're somebody that you want to be interviewed and kind of share your message with a greater audience, send me an email. My email is not another wellness podcast. So not another wellness podcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at naturally underscore nomadic. That's where you'll find where I'm posting regularly about the show, posting travel photos when I'm feeling nostalgic little, you know, quotes or things I've read that really stick to me and stand out for some reason. So yeah, you guys are awesome. And this episode's all about tuning into your body. I sit down with Sarah Swanberg, who is an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist out of Stanford, Connecticut. And we cover so many topics about wellness, alternative medicine, treating patients with a really well-rounded approach She shares her story. We talk about adaptogens, things that can help you with stress, and just little herbs that are from Chinese medicine that are now coming to be more popular and more well-known because they're so powerful, and the effects of them can really help people recover quickly from things, especially when they're combined with acupuncture. So Sarah's going to tell us all about this, and thanks again for listening, and enjoy. Thanks for joining me today. I'm sitting here with Sarah Swanberg, who is an acupuncturist and also a Chinese herbalist, and she's going to explain how that falls into the, under the same umbrella. But Sarah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Natalie. It's you're, so fun to do this. It is fun, and, and you're the first person I haven't known personally, so this is a really exciting um, interview for me. Awesome. So well, we've you. only known each other for five minutes, and I feel like we've, we've known each other for a while, so, so it's true. a pleasure. And we just pulled little um, intention cards from Gabby Bernstein because I'm obsessed with them. So Sarah, what does yours say? And they're, they're just so beautiful. Um, the one I pulled says, I choose love no matter what. And I just love that. It's perfect. Uh, it's a perfect card for, I don't know, a rainy, cold day. And I have a lot of love in my house. I have two little kids downstairs sleeping. So hopefully they won't make an appearance on this <laughs> podcast. But there's a lot of love in this house. So. Yeah, it is a very, very rainy day today, I will say. Um, And I pulled, I find a deeper meaning and personal growth amid the discomfort, which is the first time I pulled this card, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, aren't they so beautiful? They're so beautiful. I love that card so much. You could put them on your wall. Frame them. And frame them (laughs) all. So I wanted to 
talk to you a lot about what you do and how you got started. I don't know. Let's start. Just give me a quick little introduction to acupuncture and then I'll kind of want to hear the backstory to how you even got interested. Sure. So acupuncture is just one sort of tenet of, of traditional Chinese medicine, which is what I practice. Um, and it's pretty amazing. It's, it's the, the definition is just the insertion of these tiny little needles, um, at certain points along the body to help really like balance energy and, and help the body restore, um, balance. So that's sort of always the goal, but it's so much more than that. And, um, it's really an art and a science at the same time, which is what is so appealing to me. Every person I see is different and every group of symptoms that they have is different. And it's just, it's really special because I get to really know each person that I treat in a way that we don't really experience in our healthcare system. So. Yeah. So where did you start? When did you start this journey? Yeah. And how did you find acupuncture? So uh, it's actually a pretty crazy story. I really didn't grow up with any um, exposure to alternative medicine. In fact, it was like pretty hardcore in the mainstream medicine, medical um, system. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes as a first grader. I was seven years old. Um, so I've been on insulin and I've been in and out of doctor's office my whole life and, and knock on wood, relatively healthy through that all, but there wasn't a lot of space for like thinking outside of the box. And yet I always now thinking back felt like there was something missing and that I was going to this doctor who really only cared about like my numbers and how I looked on paper, but there wasn't a lot of deeper thought than that. So I was in my early 20s. I had a career sort of taking off in the visual effects and production world. So I worked on like TV commercials, music videos. It was really fun, but super stressful. It's like long days. At, at some point I was working on sets and you'd be there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then back there the next morning or longer days than that. And then when I was working in more office life, it was a late nights. Um, just a pretty like high intense intensity environment, a lot of stress. Um, and I loved it. I loved the people I, I worked with, but I also felt like it was starting to take a toll on me physically. I mentioned it to my doctor that I just wasn't sleeping well. I was having some anxiety and her uh, recommendation was maybe to try Ambien or try some, some pills. And I was just really uncomfortable with that idea because it didn't really seem like it was going to help fix the problem. I don't know what I was looking for, but I was so surprised by that response that it made me consider trying acupuncture, which a friend of mine um, is an acupuncturist and she had gone to school long before me and she'd sort of opened my eyes to that it was out there, but um, I hadn't thought about going regularly for myself until this happened. Mm. I started going weekly for acupuncture treatments and really pretty instantly felt this like major shift in my life of, of just sitting down with an acupuncturist who wanted to know about all different parts of what was going on in my life and my health and try to figure out how they were all connected and you know my PMS symptoms and digestive symptoms and anxiety that they were like all related and that we could we could fix them by by looking for the root of the problem I thought it was so interesting it like appealed to my math and science brain but also (laughs) my art brain like I really am creative and I like the problem solving but like thinking a little bit outside the box so I just thought it was cool and interesting and I liked it enough to pick up some books and do some reading and talk to my friend who was an acupuncturist and I just thought man it's so cool that this is out here and I wish I could introduce more people to it and so I was I was just telling friends like they would talk about their whatever PMS their headaches and I would say you should try acupuncture and then I don't know what happened stuff at work was like just 
taking its toll on me and I was trying to I was you know I was dating my now husband who also is in that field and we were starting to talk about the future and where our lives were going to go and we both thought man it's going to be so tough to have the family we dream of if we're both working these crazy hours and mm-hmm. that was like one conversation and then on a, a, a different time we were chatting my my now husband Randy said you should be an acupuncturist. Like you talk about it so much (laughs) and you love it so much. Like, why don't you just do that? And I remember thinking that was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard. Like I was really working my way up this career and like, who does that? You know, I mean, I wasn't old old per se, but I was like in my mid twenties and, um, but he sort of was like, well, you you could do it. And like Mm -hmm. our lives were sort of in a place where we were going to get married, but we didn't have a lot of other, you know, responsibilities and I could make it happen. So I went to a school, um, open house and I just like loved the feeling there. And I, uh, pretty spontaneously just jumped for it. Uh, it's a four and a half year program, um, full time. It was a master's degree for me. Now it's a doctorate program if you're just starting. Um, and it's really intense because you have to learn Chinese medicine, and, but you have to learn a lot of Western medicine too, um, to be able to talk to people about what's going on. Yeah, so, um, yeah. It was crazy, and I had my first daughter while I was in the program, which was even crazier. But looking back now, I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Westchester, in New Rochelle. Um, Still have both my parents there. My siblings are all around, and they were super supportive of this, too. My younger sister is a nutritionist in the city, and so she's already kind of in that wellness field. So it was nice to have her sort of out there. Um, My mom's been having acupuncture for decades now so she was super open to it and supportive of it so yeah it's that's so interesting so you made this leap of faith and you signed up for is it just acupuncture school no it's Chinese medicine medicine school um and yeah my the degree I um you can do a, a master's program just in acupuncture or you can do one in Chinese medicine which incorporates the herbalism part of it too and for me that part made me a little nervous because I felt like it was even more foreign to me but it seemed like you didn't really want to have one without Without, the other and um now I'm just I just love herbs so much and I'm so excited about introducing people to them because they're they're just they're so helpful for so many things and they're really safe and really effective so it's it's amazing to be able to like introduce that to people too so how full time was the course load for that four years. Yeah, it was, it was pretty full time. I was able to um, shorten my week, I guess, by doing a couple like nine to nine type days. So I think it's probably three to four days you could fit your classes in. Each class is about three hours and, you know, they structure it differently and every program is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but like you can't, I did know people that did the program part time and worked full time. So like, to me, we took them longer. It, much long, twice finish. as long. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, it's pretty intense and I think that those people really did you know they struggled through it we all struggled through it but it's it's hard you really want to be able to commit full-time yeah. to doing this if if you if you can. want to jump into right. it which and meant for me like a ton of student loans that I'll be paying off for the rest of my life but <laughs> but it's okay I mean, yeah all... was the school local so you were there you're going to classes full-time yeah so you the school that I went to was in New York City so um I commuted to there uh when I first started I was living down in New Rochelle so it was a little bit closer um and we did have people that commuted from Long Island and New Jersey um but yeah that that was tough it made for super long days um there is a school in Bridgeport University Bridgeport that has um, an acupuncture program in it as well, but I have loved this this program down at um, Pacific College of Oriental Medicine is where oh, cool. I went, and uh, yeah, it was uh, 
there, the commute was tough, but it was also my like built-in studying time. So mm-hmm. I made it work. And I think for me, it was always knowing that this wasn't forever, that there was like yeah. a, a goal mm-hmm. um, and that I would get there in time. So. And how did you start making it your job? So once you, yeah. after the four years, you have all the knowledge, you've been studying full time, putting everything into it, hopefully not second guessing yourself too much. Yeah. Um, that's crazy actually, because this program is so hard and so intense and there is just a very bare minimum of like business training, but you really have to come out and start a business and a practice on your own. There aren't a lot of people hiring acupuncturists. If you live in the city or, or a bigger area that you can probably find somebody to work for or work under, but um, that wasn't the case up here. So mm. luckily for me, I really liked that part of it. I thought it was fun and interesting to learn all of these things, but I mean that on its own could have been another yeah. degree really like figuring out how to set up an LLC and like building a website right. and marketing. And it's been a lot of trial and error um but for the most part it's been fun for me but it is something to consider for anybody that's thinking about this is that like you not only have to be good at at what you do you have to be good at all of the, the business, like, the business side. side of it too yeah. and um you know there have been days where i where i've especially in the beginning thought like how am i going to do how is this ever going to work and then somehow it does and i think you just put a lot of like love and passion into <laughs> it and and, right. and it's great. I mean, I'm at the point now where I have a waiting list uh, yeah. for like no night way. appointments and, and it's really like grown, it's grown so well. So I'm, I'm really fortunate, um, to be, to have it, have worked out. Do you remember who your first client was? My first client was a, definitely a family member. My friends were like so excited when I was finally done, um, to be able to come. And then it kind of was like, oh, then they would tell their friends or their mom or, you know, their coworker. And so it's definitely like a word of mouth kind of thing. And then, you know, I've been trying to grow my like social media presence and my website and stuff like that. And so people do actually find me through that, which I thought was crazy at first. I thought nobody's going to look for an acupuncturist on Instagram. Um, but I have connected with people there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's so much that goes into it. You want to find somebody that's good and really knows what they're doing, but you want to find somebody that you have a a good rapport with too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's what's so important about this medicine specifically is that so much of it is sort of like learning about a person and I want them to, to like me and feel comfortable sharing that sort of thing. So I always tell people if like, if I'm not the right fit for you or somebody else that you're seeing, isn't the right fit for you, don't give up on, on acupuncture. It's amazing. Just find somebody else. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good point because it's such a well-rounded approach. You can't have somebody you don't, if you don't click with them, which yeah, you is have to natural click with anything in life. Totally. Think, right. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest things people come to you with? Things people like really know about acupuncture for anxiety, insomnia, uh, fertility. I see a ton of women, um, trying to get pregnant either on their own or already going through, uh, fertility treatments. Um, there's so much research out there behind that. So that's a big one. And then pain is the, is the big, big thing. There's a ton of research out there now that's showing or, or that proves that acupuncture can help with pain. And we're still not exactly sure how it works, but we know that just the insertion of needles at these points helps to create the natural painkillers called opioids. And the military's done a ton of research in it and they train their, um, battlefield, um, medics in, in acupuncture point. So it's really cool. Oh, I mean, wow. there's not like when people say like, I don't know if I believe it. I'm like, you don't have to believe it. I mean, it's out there. There's evidence they've done like functional MRI studies and um, they can see that this, that this stuff is happening. Um, neurotransmitters are released. So 
gone are those days of thinking that it's like this woo-woo thing you have to believe in. I mean, there's still, obviously, it helps if you believe in anything. There's like power to yeah. the, the placebo effect that people um, like to talk about. It can be helpful if you think you're going to get better. You, you There's a better chance that you are, but mm-hmm. um, it works on kids. It works on dogs. It works on um, horses, yeah. So a lot of people bring their their pets. To do they say still the they, whole time? They uh, they do, and you know it's different. Like when I treat yeah. kids, we don't they don't have to lay on a table for twenty minutes and relax. And the same with oh. with pets. But I was at um. A horse barn recently and happened to be walking by and I saw a horse getting acupuncture which was so cool to see and you have to be a vet I think in Connecticut New York to practice it but uh, I mean that there's like the proof right if wow. these animals are getting better from it they don't have to like believe in it okay. um, so talk about what exactly you're doing when you're or so somebody walks into your office what's the first thing that they can expect so before somebody walks into my office, I send them uh, an intake form that's about 20 pages long and feels like very intense when you first see it. But it has a ton of questions about everything from like what you're coming in for and what you want to work on and your goals and what you've tried before and what you haven't to then questions about everything else from like how your digestion is, how your sleep is, how much sleep you get, your stress level. I really want to know it all because what I'm looking to do when somebody comes in is try to figure out like what the root of the issue is. So maybe you have headaches, but maybe you also have digestion issues and maybe you have knee pain and I'm probably, I am going to treat all of those things, but I'm going to look for like the common denominator. So the way Chinese medicine works is that we're looking for like a pattern of imbalance and each organ system that we think of has a particular set of symptoms that we see with that imbalance. So a really common one that we talk about is liver chi stagnation. It has nothing to do with the liver per se, but it is the organ that's in charge of like the free flowing of emotions. So that's the one that gets kind of jammed up and you get headaches and PMS specifically with that like irritability. And you might get, be the kind of person that like when you get super nervous, your belly gets all kind of funky. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things are sort of symptoms or they're like, we, we talk about it as like a root and branch. So like we're looking for the root of the sim- of root of the issue, but you'll have all these branches like of a tree um, that seem sort of unrelated, like those symptoms. But to me, they all tie back to this thing. So if we can sort of soothe and smooth out that like that energy that's stuck, then all of those symptoms should go away. Yeah, so from there, once I figure out where I think things need to get rebalanced, I pick the acupuncture points that we use, and each one of those patterns has points that we use most of the time um but no two people are the same so no two like point prescriptions are the same do you ever have patients that come to you are really interested in giving you all the information about them but they're like look I'm terrified of you totally and the needle thing just yeah. the word needle makes people freak out yeah well it's the word needle for sure because the acupuncture needles um and I'll show you one they're so tiny they're um they're hair thin they're like 20 gauge needles so they're they're really they're they're like whisker thin. I mean, you can actually sort of like touch them on the side. You can fit about like 30 of these in the tip of a hypodermic needle, like a flu shot type needle. Oh. So when you think we hear needle, we think, oh my God. But like I, as I mentioned before, I treat kids and with them, we don't even call them needles. I call them flags or candles or, uh, <laughs> or pins. And they're usually totally game for it. They don't hurt. It's not that you won't feel them at all. You, you'd feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't feel more than the little like blip of an insertion of them and most people just say it feels uh, I don't know like yeah it doesn't hurt and most people are shocked so if somebody is like game for it but nervous I usually like as we're talking I just sort of like 
pop Go one in. It. And then yeah. they're like, what? That was it? Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know what I was so nervous about. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while I'll have somebody that's just like really not into the idea of it. With them, there are some other tools that I use. And with kids that aren't so open to it, I use like a tuning fork sometimes on the points or in a, like a little um, electric stimulating machine that helps sort of get that same energy that a needle would activate okay. it at that point. Um, and then for other people that like really just won't even think about it, we'll do herbs then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm always trying to uh, take the fear out of it. And I think a lot of it is that we don't know. Like People are always shocked when I tell them you can fit 30 needles in the tip of another one because they're picturing being jabbed yeah. with like right. vaccination needles all over the body, which sounds awful. And like, I mean, I don't like getting blood taken either. It's not, <laughs> it's not, those aren't fun, but this is a, it's a not totally different thing. thing. How far do the needles actually go in or does it vary? It, it varies by area of the body. So um, they're very shallow anywhere on the face, hands, wrists. But, you know, if I'm working with somebody that has like IT band stuff going on or quad pain. Like a football player. A football player, yeah. I mean, they're using big needles to get yeah. into the, the muscle belly. So with pain stuff, it's a little bit different. Sometimes if we're really trying to release a tight muscle, yeah. you're just really trying to get that needle in there where the um, where that tightness, that trigger point that some people talk about, where that is, and we're trying to break up the tissue in the area. So, yeah. yeah. Someone that described acupuncture to me like taking a really tight fist and just kind of putting something in the middle of it to let it release. Is that uh, kind of how you would describe it? I love it? That, um, that idea. Yeah, just, so with, just making it open up a little bit. With um, muscle stuff, that's exactly what we're doing. I also use cupping a lot um, on muscles, and it's sort of the same idea. We're yeah. trying to like, uh, use suction to, to re- separate the muscle and the connective tissue a little bit and allow like room to breathe and allow blood flow to come in and lymph um, to drain through it. So yeah. Cupping's relatively new in this well maybe it's not new in the history of yeah. medicine Cupping but is definitely not new but it's new um as far as like people talking people about it in our culture posting about it like I, michael the last yes. olympics was really when i think most people started hearing about totally it and time. it was so exciting for those of us that are <laughs> yeah. in the field because we we're like yes it's out there i think i uh, probably like maybe 10 years ago gwyneth paltrow went to some event and she wore a low back dress and she had these cupping marks on her and it was definitely like newsworthy people were like what is that michael phelps and all the swimmers who had these big sort of brownish red marks all over their body and if you had never heard of it or never seen that before it looked pretty freaky because it does it almost looks like just a bunch of hickeys on yeah someone's yeah back. so it's sort of like when you think about a hickey it is similar like what what the marks are in chinese medicine we think of it as like stagnation or or toxins that are sort of coming up to the surface that's what that darkness is the western more biomedical explanation is that it also is blood flow it's kind of like stagnant blood flow in the smallest of the small capillaries um, that's been there for a while and sort of lost its oxygen which is why it's so dark there's also if you've had inflammation or an injury there's this, this sort of idea that there's cellular debris that's left behind after that, all of those, you know, platelets and things that, that rush in when there is an injury or inflammation, oh. that they don't quite get broken all the way down by the body. This is like coming out, some new research coming out, I think, of California, where people are trying to figure out what exactly yeah, is happening. But so over. you'll see um, this like redness or darkness, even black sometimes come up to the surface and it looks like a bruise, but it doesn't go through that like funky green, yellow, purple bruising it feels so good it's weird looking for sure but it's my favorite thing for any sort of like upper neck and back pain which we all have Mm -hmm. um but when we have that tightness 
the cups just help to like release that. It's great for athletes, but it's great for anybody that's, you know, driving or picking up kids all day long. It's uh, I've taught my husband how to do cupping on me too because <laughs> I need it yeah. um, just as much. And my kids love it too. So it's, it's pretty gentle and like it. Uh, my little acupuncture experience, I used to do it in high school for shoulder pain. And then more recently I went and I'm just sharing this because I remember the little consult that I had with the person and she asked me to stick my tongue out. And I was like what? sitting there, like looking around, like my tongue, like what? The tongue can show us um, if your tongue's like bright red or like really dark in color, maybe you have things, some heat in the body. If you have like a really thick white coat on it, maybe there's some digestive stuff going on. You have some like dampness in the body. So the same with the pulse. So we'll take the pulses. Um, and we're not really counting the beats per minute the way somebody taking your heart rate would, we're feeling for the quality of the pulse, whether it's really strong or really weak. Um, again, it's just sort of more information to help us figure out like what, what might be going on. Mm-hmm. Where does acupuncture come from exactly? Or what's the story behind? Yeah, well, it's, we don't really know is the thing. I mean, it's thousands of years old. Obviously, it originated in China. I think herbal medicine has been around even longer than that. So um, it was an offshoot of that. And the, the channel system that we use uh, we use there are 12 channels or meridians they're sometimes called and each one is is tied to an organ although those organs don't always you know we have the liver the heart the spleen the kidney it doesn't always relate exactly to like the organ system as we know them today each organ has a, a channel which has a bunch of points on it so those how they figured that out we don't <laughs> still really know I mean there was a lot of they used autopsies they were doing things to really like investigate the human body and now it turns out it's so fascinating that as our scientific research has caught up we can see that these points that have been used for so long correspond to these tiny little bundles of of um nervous system tissue and they really line up with like the the anatomy trains the fascia connections of the body so that we know now that we know now that we're from studying things and from seeing being able to do these like research that shows how electricity sort of conducts through our body and it's like they line up with these things that were it's like how were do they know discovered thousands of years yeah. ago I don't know it's, it's amazing, amazing. Um, That's really so but cool. it's sort of cool I think people thought that as our science and our, our research took off it would disprove mm-hmm. this medicine and it's done exactly the opposite in fact you have like all of these big companies um, and universities studying this now because we're all trying to figure out how to get people healthier with like less meds, right? That's what I think. That's where I think the power in this is: is that um, mm-hmm. we are really looking at it as a full, full, full system. Yeah, human. So, for as far as Chinese herbs go, being yeah. an herbalist, how does that tie in? Herbs are so amazing. Um, I usually think of it as like a one plus one is three kind of thing. So you have acupuncture, which is great on its own. Herbs, great on their own, but combined can be super powerful. Um, and not for everybody, but for m- more chronic things, for fertility, um, I use a lot of herbs. And herbs are anything from like some you know dietary herbs that we do. We use, you know, in our kitchen, cinnamon and ginger um, and mint. Well, we don't really use them individually in the way that we're hearing about them these days. Um, Chinese herbal formulas are really designed to have a bunch of herbs that work synergistically. It's like thinking about food as medicine in a way, but a, but a step up from there. So it's something um, I design the formula in the same way that I design the treatment plan. I like figure out what's going on and I know which herbs and which formulas can help sort of bring whatever that issue is back into balance. 
and usually they'll take the herbs and they can be capsulated it can be a powder it can be a tea it's really individualized a tincture but it can take a couple days to a week to really see the changes but most people um, really do and it's subtle it's way more subtle than like taking an Advil and feeling better 20 minutes later it's more like waking up five days later and being like oh man everything doesn't feel so achy or Mm. like I haven't had that headache in a while um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we were talking earlier about like adaptogens that are, mm-hmm. are getting are hot and, uh, that term, which applies to a lot of Chinese herbs help you to adapt to stress. So they're not going to like take away the stress. Of course we wish that they're not going to like change your body's like composition, composition or... in major ways. They're just going to help you sort of stay balanced um, when things get thrown at you. So reishi, ashwagandha, those are all considered adaptogens. Um, And they're really amazing. I think it's so cool that people are like learning about them on their own or coming in. It seems like they're everywhere. I mean, there's like, I walk into Whole Foods and I start to hear like these words from following wellness blogs or other podcasters that talk about stuff. And then it just starts popping up everywhere. But like you were saying, it's hard to know one, what exactly that's going to give you and who, if you can trust everything that puts you know, chaga on something. Yeah, you can't. I mean, that's the thing about Chinese herbs, just like acupuncture, is like something that might be good for you and your anxiety might not be good for somebody else's. But with that adaptogen category, they do sort of, like they they are a little more universal. Um, But I really do think that they work better in combination with things. So I'm working on a line with somebody right now of adaptogen powders that are like a formula. So it's it's several together that all kind of work in balance. So you're not getting like this big dose of one herb that can sort of Kind of like an essential oil blend. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like a blend. Um, and yeah. and it, you'll have all the information saying what this is for, what right. the purpose is, exactly. what's in it. So you have a two, like, you know, two herbs that are, are do sort of, I don't want to say stimulate in the way caffeine would, but like energize. But then you have one that's in there to help sort of balance and, and calm to keep that from becoming too, too strong too strong so uh, my friend Jameson Van Lone who runs Mykana which is here in Fairfield County she, I think she's based in Norwalk she's a f- food delivery service and she does these really amazing healthy meals with a Fijian flair because she grew up in Fiji um she we met at an event and she said something to me about like growing up with plant medicine and herbs and how she was so interested and she thought it was so cool that all of this stuff is on the market and uh, and out there at Whole Foods and she was thinking of like maybe trying to do a line of her own. And of course, I had been thinking about this too because I keep seeing these things and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to really do it in the way that Chinese medicine has done these formulas and make them accessible and make them things that people can just like add to their smoothies or, you know, right, I'm drinking actually a chai that we made. So it's like a chai tea, but it also has reishi and chaga, which are these like super immune. I mean, reishi mushroom is considered the mushroom of immortality. So don't we all want that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> great for energy, but like not in a stimulating way. Great for um, immunity. Uh, so we decided to combine these things and, and yeah, we're super excited about it. We're going to hope to have these out by springtime, so hopefully April, out on the shelves, just like local places around here. Yeah, so what is reishi specifically? Let's talk about a few of them. So it's a mushroom. So some of them are, um, so reishi and chaga are mushrooms, and they have mushrooms, like medicinal mushrooms have been around for a long time. Even like shiitake and hen of the woods, maitake mushrooms, I think people have been talking about for the last several years of their amazing health benefits. So uh, reishi is one that's been used in, as a Chinese herb um, for as long as herbs have been around. Um, 
and it's great for so many things. That's the thing. They're, they're a little bit like non-specific. It's not mm-hmm. like you would take this for your headache, but as I said, it's called the mushroom of immortality. Like it's, it has just these amazing health benefits. So is green tea considered an herb? Green tea is considered an herb. Really interestingly, it's a cooling herb in, in Chinese medicine. So we talk a lot about like warming and cooling like yes. properties of things. So even though you're going to drink green tea hot, it can be... It has this like cooling effect on the body in the same way that mint does. So there are certain people that like just don't like if you don't have a lot of digestive like power mm-hmm. or fire, if you're the kind of person that gets like bloated really easily, I bet if you drink green tea, those symptoms get worse. And I have noticed it myself and in other people, and that's because it's it's got this sort of cooling cooling thing. Um, and if you don't have enough fire to transform that, so I mean I could talk about this for a while, but these. Um, Green tea is one, mint is one, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom. And there's a lot of the spices. We'll have already. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like, I'm one of those, we're, I'm sure we'll talk about hot and cold um, treatment, but like, uh, cold food in the winter is not so great for you in the way we think about it. Cold meaning more like raw. Um, we have to think of like your stomach as a cauldron that's heating up the rest of your body and the last thing you really want to do is like pour ice cubes into mm-hmm. that a lot of people just feel like they don't have a lot of energy and they come in and they're like but I drink a smoothie every day and it's like frozen at all of these berries and I'm like yeah it's really cold and it's probably too cold for you so you know you could you could throw that out the window altogether and some acupuncturists and herbalists probably will tell you to do that I think a little more realistically like that's great that you're getting all these like nutrients in your smoothie but like let's figure out a couple ways to uh Make it warm it up a little bit. bit. And so what I'll tell people is like, first of all, try not to use them frozen. Use fresh. But then add ginger and add cinnamon because those are really like warming spices, fiery spices. And uh, often people are like, oh, that sounds really delicious too. And then they do it and it tastes good and they feel better. better. So yeah. Yeah. So you touched on it. I was going to ask about hot versus cold for healing. And the reason is I grew up as an athlete and I was always injured. I had shoulder problems and surgeries and was told by my surgeon ice 100% of the time every day, three times a day. And so I would literally walk around, especially in college, with ice strapped to my shoulder with saran wrap. And that's the only option I was given. And then until recently when it was that I saw the acupuncturist almost a year ago now, she totally flipped that around for me. I think um, heat is probably... Well, you have to think about like the science behind it. Cold is going to constrict the blood vessels. And it's probably the right thing to do if you just trip down the stairs and your ankle just swole up. Like It's going to be hot and painful and a little bit of ice is, is going to feel good. It's going to take the swelling down a little bit, which is what you want when you're in pain, but you also don't want to totally um, suppress that inflammation because that's part of healing. the healing process. Yeah. So I say ice in like acute injuries in the first 24 hours. I'm probably going to take Advil too. I mean, if you're really hurting, like you, you that's, yeah, you should do that. It's not going to really, I don't think change things too much after that first 24, 36 hours. I totally switch to team heat because Heat is going to dilate the blood vessels. It's going to promote blood flow to the area, and you're going to 
heal a lot quicker from that. So like you, I've had a lot of people that have like chronic injuries and they've been icing it every day for six years and hasn't, and I'm like, well, has it gotten any better? Has the ice helped? And they're like, not really, but it's just like what I've always been told to do. So I'm like, just try, try heat for a little while. And that's often the thing that, that changes it for them. Yes. Ice feels good if you're in pain for sure, because it's numbing the nerve ending. A lot of the, I think even the guy that came up with that rice, which is like rest, ice, compress, elevate, Mm -hmm. he has stepped back from that a little bit too Mm -hmm. but yeah it hasn't been like disseminated because that's all we all grew up with this yeah um but I always recommend if you feel like you can can handle the heat and you'll know if you put heat on a hot swollen ankle it's not gonna feel great Um, I think that one of the biggest things I realize when talking to people who have studied this type of thing like you versus someone who hasn't is People don't listen to their bodies very well. Not at all. I mean, it's screaming at you all the time, but you don't, if you're not feeling, like how, like you're saying about this movie thing, how do you feel afterwards? Or if you don't feel great, then, then change. If you're icing for six years and not getting better, there's always other things to try. Yeah. So just tune in a little bit. It's so true. I mean, I feel this, I feel like for myself sometimes, I have to like step back sometimes and be like, man, I didn't feel good like a lot this week. What was I eating for lunch every day? Like you, I have to connect those dots. Yeah, um, and it's so very busy. hard to do. You're so yeah. busy. I often will have people do a food journal for a couple of days, just when we're trying to figure some stuff out. And part of the food journal isn't just is writing what you ate, but the other part is like, how did you feel an hour later? How did you feel three hours later? How did you sleep that night? And uh, it's really illuminating for a lot of people to sort of yeah. to see that. Um, but I do think awareness is changing. I love mm-hmm. that people are more interested in like wellness and and sort of taking their health into their own hands. And um, it's amazing that we have things like your podcast and uh, the internet and Facebook where people are, are sharing information. I do think it come, the flip side of it is that people share misinformation. Yeah, too, and that there's so. so much information out there. It's kind of overwhelming. You don't know who to trust. and Yeah, yeah I mean, even personally, knowing about adaptogens, a little bit and the way I heard about them was through a podcast or through Instagram posts someone was saying I added an adaptogen to my my matcha and I'm like first of all what and <laughs> I think it's overwhelming people are like I don't need that because I've been fine so far that but sentence I think <laughs> 10 years ago would have been like what language is that and I added people, matcha some people listening are probably like what are you talking about matcha is like a green tea powder um a powdered green tea I guess yeah. and adaptogen is what we just talked about it's like that reishi mushroom that's the immortality immortality yeah. Yeah. but you. yeah ashwagandha astragalus though all of the even turmeric is now considered an ad- yeah. adaptogen which people do know about and talk about because it has these amazing like anti-inflammatory properties so um and that's Chinese herb too so I love that I've been doing a lot of the turmeric lattes but um so for takeaways for people that are listening they're like okay I don't know about any of this stuff yet but it sounds interesting first of all how can they find you (laughs) Uh, you can find me at my website, or my practice is, is Indigo Acupuncture, and I'm in Stamford, Connecticut. So you can find my website at indigoacu.com. If you are looking for an acupuncturist near you, I recommend going to a website called nccaom.org. It's the um, certification board in the U.S., um, and you really want to find an acupuncturist that has has this level of certification. But you ask around. A lot of times you'll find, like, you'll friends or colleagues or people will have somebody that they like and I always think that, that helps too to have somebody you know you're not just googling and trying to find somebody yeah. um it's, it's really important to like I feel like this relationship is more important than probably some most of the other healthcare relationships you're gonna have a lot more personal a lot more personal yeah. and you want to feel comfortable I think overall like my my one piece of like nutrition advice that I give people is eat the rainbow 
like try to eat every I mean we have a joke in my house my five-year-old wants to be a unicorn so I tell her if you want to be a unicorn you need to eat every color of the rainbow every day and we look we you know we go shopping and look for it because I think there's so many diet trends out there people can get stuck on them and I've met many people that are on this like seemingly super healthy paleo diet and when I think I ask them to think about the colors that they're eating they're like white coconut flour white almond flour white 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 and the colors are really where all like the phytonutrients all the good stuff in the vegetables are coming from so is there any wellness trend that you're really into right now that you want to share I love essential oils I'm I'm fairly new to them but I just find them to be like so interesting and amazing and these like powerful properties of these little oils I mean it's it's like taking herbs and putting them into bottles it's the same thing um powerful medicinal properties so I love that um I don't know if there's one trend per se but I do love the like the wellness world that really didn't exist that long ago I know it comes with its other you know it comes with Mm -hmm. stuff um and it's not all accessible to everybody, and I wish that was um, that will change. And I think it will, but I think it's so cool that people are like learning about these things. And I've learned things from patients who've come in and be like, "Did you hear about this herb or this thing?" And I think it's like, it's so great that we all have this these ways to share information with each other. Um, so yeah, adaptogens I think would probably be my number one thing now. I'm just super passionate about that. Essential oils close behind and saunas. I really do love infrared saunas. There's a couple places I haven't around. tried that. I have to check it out. Yeah, I just, there's something about that heat that I think is so healing yeah, and therapeutic. Especially so. in the winter around here. Yeah, in the winter. We all need that so bad. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was amazing. There's so much I'm clearly in here. like so passionate about it. I love sharing it with people and I think um I think it's really cool. So, yeah. thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Sarah, for giving me your time and telling us all about Chinese medicine. I think it's such an amazing approach to healing and balancing one's body and one's lifestyle and I specifically am looking forward to kind of swapping out the colder foods in the winter time and sticking to soups and warming spices like cinnamon. I think that's really a good takeaway that we can all practice and all reap the benefits from and yeah so thanks for listening everyone. I will talk to you soon. Have a great day.